testimony, the statement or declaration of a witness, evidence in support of a fact or statement, proof, an open declaration or profession. You're about to hear a testimony, a true honest testimony from a fellow struggler who has found life change in the power of Jesus Christ through Celebrate Recovery. Are you ready to hear it? I'm a believer in Jesus, and I struggle with anger, control, and codependency, and my name's Norma. It is a great blessing and honor to me to be here to pray Amanda in, and I am just so excited. Um, you, we are going to be blessed tonight. Um, I remember when Amanda came, and that's one of my favorite things about being here every single Friday. I remember when she came. And she is a new creation. So, it, God is so good. So I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to pray and let you get going. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for bringing us, each of us here tonight, Father, to hear what you want us to hear from Amanda's story. So just open our ears and our hearts so that we might hear what you want each of us to hear tonight. And Father, I just thank you so much for Amanda. I thank you for her life, for the path that she has taken that brought her to today, because I know that you have great plans for her, Lord. And so we are just so blessed to be a part. And I just pray right now that you would give her peace and remove any anxiety about sharing her story, Father God. Use her in a mighty way. We just thank you, Jesus, for bringing her to this place. Amen. Thank you. Hi, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who came to recovery for alcoholism and addiction. I currently struggle with codependency, fear, and self-worth. My name is Amanda. I grew up in Catoosa, Oklahoma. Back then it was a small town where everybody knew each other. My parents divorced when I was two or three. My dad remarried and my mom had a live-in boyfriend for several years. I was the baby of the family with an older brother and sister and now I had a younger stepsister. We lived with my mom growing up and I saw my dad every other weekend after their divorce. This confused me as a young girl. I didn't know why my dad went away. Whenever mom mentioned my dad, there was a sarcasm and bitterness in her tone. I grew up believing things that were not true about my dad. I felt abandoned by him. My mom struggled and I believed this was my dad's fault. When mom and her boyfriend broke up, he left too. I believed I was not valuable enough to stick around for him. From my earliest memories, I recall self-doubt, insecurity, and just not liking myself. I was shy, quiet, and insecure. I believe this is the root character defect that led to many of my problems. Although I have no memory of it, I believe I was sexually assaulted at a young age because I knew things young girls shouldn't know. I remember acting out with another child, and I knew it had to be a secret. Growing up, I never thought I was as good as my siblings. I was just an average Joe. 
I compared myself to them and I didn't love sports. I wasn't in AP classes. I never felt like I fit in anywhere until I became a cheerleader in middle school. It finally gave me something to be proud of and a sense of belonging. I absolutely loved it. Our cheerleading squad became the first competition squad from our town. We did well, it was exciting and it was hard work and I finally fit in somewhere. When I was 12, my life completely changed forever. My mom's father, my papa, had a heart attack. He was in the hospital and we were told he was expected to be fine. They were going to keep him overnight for observation. He suffered a major heart attack later that night and passed in his sleep. I was his girl. My home life fell apart. He was the glue that held us all together. He was a stability in our family and he kept all the drama in check when he was there because he knew how to deal with it and rein it in. We had spent a lot of time in the summers and holidays with our papa and grandma and his death devastated me. I remember hearing at his funeral service, he was called home to be with the Lord. This made me very angry at God. I was 12, my brother was 14 and my sister had already gone away to college. Over the next couple of years, my brother and I would be left home alone for extended periods of time to do whatever we please. One time lasted up to two months. Of course, there were rules, but nobody knew if we followed them or not. My mom fell into a deeper depression and used many unhealthy coping behaviors. My mom was always going out at night, seeking relationships with men, and twice she committed, tried to commit suicide one of those attempts, my brother and I were the ones to find her. She had taken a bunch of pills and was unconscious on the floor. I was angry with God. How could he call my papa home to, to him when it meant so much devastation to my family? I was a 14, a freshman. I was nominated for homecoming court. I started hanging out with an older group of cheerleaders. I was with them one day driving around to a bunch of different stores, shoplifting all kinds of stuff. It was an absolute thrill. We ended up at the mall. I saw a dress I wanted for homecoming. I stole it. I was almost to the door to the parking lot and I was surrounded by security. They took me down to what seemed like a dungeon under the mall and called my mom. I was so scared. My punishment for my mom was I had to quit cheerleading, the one thing I loved to do. Not just for the rest of the, that year, but for the following year as well. I was devastated and lost again, with nowhere to fit in. That was the beginning of my downward spiral that lasted nearly two decades. I started hanging out with the wrong crowd, dropped out of high school two months before graduation, left home, and lived with friends. I started smoking and found my high school sweetheart. This became my first addiction. Validation of myself through relationship, and then it was crank and meth. By 17, the relationship was over. I quit using the drugs and got a different set of friends. I got my GED, and over the next couple of years, I began drinking socially. It was liquid courage for my shy, quiet self. I quickly turned into an alcoholic. 
My mother took a job in Texas that paid more money. She offered me to pay for my college if I moved there. I went when I was 20. I thought leaving Oklahoma would change, was the change that I needed. I didn't yet realize that I couldn't run away from myself. I had to quit college after one semester because I hadn't lived there long enough to be considered in-state tuition and it was too expensive. So I started working my way up through management at Chick-fil-A. However, my alcoholism started to take over worse than ever. I gradually went from drinking socially to my body being physically dependent on it. I would drink at night until I passed out, and then I would wake up still feeling the effects. When it began to wear off in late afternoon, I drank more. The more I drank, the earlier withdrawal we came. My owner-operator at Chick-fil-A was my best friend. She was a godly woman and tried to help me, but I wasn't ready. My first DUI was on the way to her house to go to church. I had heavily drunk the night before with only a couple hours of sleep. I veered off the road and thought I was able to regain control of the minivan I had. That's the last thing I remember. I was told after I woke up in the hospital that I had flipped the van multiple times, crossed four lanes of oncom oncoming traffic before I came to a stop on the opposite side of an eight-lane highway. I walked away nearly unscathed with only a cut on my kneecap that required three stitches. Only by the grace of God, I never injured anyone else. Eventually, I would ruin the friendship and lose the job. My drinking didn't end there, though. I would have periods of time I did really well and relapse every time. I had this false belief that because I had quit harder drugs on my own before, I should be able to quit drinking on my own. I didn't realize since I was a teen, I was just switching from one addiction to another. I was always in a relationship because that's how I validated myself. I was a brat, I'd throw fits when I didn't get my way. I hated the world and myself. I, was, I would become belligerent, hateful, and you were the worst person ever. I was angry all the time at everybody. I was disappointed in myself that I couldn't quit drinking. I felt like I never measured up. I was so insecure that unless I was drinking, I couldn't even order my own food at a restaurant. I was the type of person that bottled everything up over time and then exploded in a drunken fit. I blew up my, my life every time things were going well. A great career, college, relationships, it didn't matter what it was. I was self-sabotage before I failed. Today I realize I had a fear of failure and a lack of confidence in myself and my abilities. In my distorted brain, somehow, self-sabotage was better than failure. I later went back to college for a couple of years, and after I tanked a semester, I conceded. I knew I couldn't stay sober on my own. My former best friend at Chick-fil-A had planted seeds of turning to God and going to treatment, and those seeds had grown. In 2010, I went to a treatment center in Austin. I had a short relapse 16 months later, but I believe God used that to teach me how I could be an addict to anything, food, energy drinks, relationships, work. But today, I have 11 and a half years sober. <laughs> However, that was not the end of my insanity. 
I was living in my will and many other character defects, not God's. I was a year and a half sober, 34 years old, and I felt my internal clock ticking. I am ready for a family. I thought, it will be great. I'm sober. What could go wrong? In my rush, I jumped into a relationship with that high school sweetheart, who is now an active alcoholic. I moved back to Tulsa to start a family with this man. Within six months, we were pregnant with our first son, and we never married. I had a high-risk pregnancy and got to quit work and be a stay-at-home mom. When my son was 15 months old, I took him and moved back to Texas until his dad went to treatment. His blackout drinking had become too much for me to handle. He went to treatment, said all the right things, so I came back home to him. I thought everything was going well for about a year and a half, but I had blinders on. During this time, he had gotten a different job. We had our second son in October 2018. When our baby was almost a year old, I realized what was truly going on. It was like a fog had lifted. He had started taking pain pills with his coworker. I tried to convince him to get help, but he wouldn't. The emotional manipulation, control, verbal abuse, and gaslighting had become unbearable. It was now the beginning of 2020, and my life was more unmanageable than ever. The insanity that my children and I were living in was unthinkable. The opioids their father was taking made him psychotic. Fear took over my life, afraid to stay, afraid to leave, and afraid for my children. But God... I moved out the world the week shut down with COVID, and my sons and I moved in with my brother. Psalm 124, 2 through 8 says, If the Lord had not been on, on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. (laughs) Only by the grace of God, I was still sober with no recovery program, secular or otherwise. I thank God for the foundation that he instilled in me through the secular program I attended in Texas. From the time I moved back to Oklahoma to start a family, God planted seeds in me through my dad, Charlie, and my bonus mom, Sherry, who lived in Tulsa. They kept talking about this thing called CR at their church and inviting me. At times, my dad's gentle nudging may have turned a little towards lecturing, and Sherry would say, Charlie, with this look on her face. (laughs) And he would say, well, I'm just saying, you need to come. It's an amazing program. I can't tell you how many times that happened over the six years, and thank God they never gave up. You see, because of my start in a secular program and the way it's set up, I thought there is no way I'm going to the same program as my parents. No way. (laughs) But God had other plans. (laughs) I came to check out this thing called CR. I knew my life was unmanageable and I needed help. I remember crying in the newcomer class and feeling like CR wasn't going to be a good fit for me because I wasn't a good Christian. Also, I was still angry at God. 
but I knew I needed a recovery program. And I saw how different my dad had become through CR. At first, I didn't stay for small groups afterwards, but my dad kept telling me, small groups are where the meat is. So I started going and listening to what other people share. It helped me to hear them, so I started sharing too. It wasn't long before I signed up for my step study. I had so much anger and confusion after living the ki- leaving the kids' dads. I felt completely lost. But I learned that it was less about him and more about me rushing into a relationship and doing that to myself and to my children. God started showing me through other people's answer, and I got to release a lot of the anger through the questions. I also had a realization about my dad and Sherry. They had never had a chance. My step study helped shine a new light on them. I grew up believing that the judge had wronged my mother in their divorce. Wow, we sometimes lived with no electricity or running water, but it wasn't true. Because of the drama, sharing us with my mom had become impossible. He hadn't abandoned me like I thought, and now I had a chance to start over with him. They are the best parents and grandparents I could have ever hoped for. I also got to see my kids doing their own recovery program. The kids started having healthy adjustments and it opened doors to conversation. My oldest son and I have talked about alcoholism and it's given him a greater understanding of why it happens. It's helped him to not internalize that it was his fault and helped him through his own angry stages. My oldest son and I were baptized here together and our little family joined the church here. I serve on the usher team here at CR and the preschool ministry here on Sundays. Before CR, I was bitter all the time. My step study helped me to work through anger and let it go. God showed me how bitterness affected my mom, and it helped me to see the dangers of that. Being set free from that helped me to see other things more clearly. I have now completed two step studies. Yes. Step 10 says we've continued to take personal inventory and when we are wrong, promptly admitted it. This has become a big piece of my continued recovery. I've learned that it's important to keep checking myself by asking, am I reacting or am I responding? This question helps me to adjust my attitude. I still have a relationship with my mom today and we talk every week, but I know where to set boundaries, especially when it comes to my children. My relationship with myself has changed too. Instead of validating myself through relationships with men, I validate myself now through the progress in my recovery, being a good mom, and what God says about me. I still struggle, though. Sometimes I don't feel great about myself, if I'm honest, but I'm working on it. I've learned that until I'm able to love myself fully, that I'm not ready for a relationship. I was working at Brahms, and I felt like a safe place for me where I couldn't fail. I went and got my forklift certification through Tulsa Works and took computer classes, but I still stayed at Brown's. I was content working for pennies because my fear of failure was still too high. A sister in Christ of, me, in Christ of mine at CR was planning on purchasing the company that she worked for, offered me a job as an executive assistant. This has put me out of my com- comfort zone, but God has shown me that I am more capable than I ever given myself credit for. 
to the newcomer, when the enemy sees what God is doing in you and through you, he will come after you to derail you from God's purpose. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Don't give up on yourself, because God hasn't started stopped fighting for you. Thanks for letting me share.